and I'm going to go and record this statement as a benefit, you know, abstract. And, and, and then now suddenly there are all these people practicing this so-called conceptual, you know, uh, mm -hmm. entree by way of photography also. Yeah, that's very and, curious. And they are very weak. I mean, these, you know, these people are very weak graphically and mm -hmm. conceptually of all things. I, I don't know, do you read art form? By any chance? Do yes, I do occasionally see it. Well, yeah. there was a, an article that I thought was almost funny about some of those conceptual photographers. And what it was really saying was that um, there's, it was saying that there's photographers who are in danger of becoming just conceptual artists. And on the other hand, there were conceptual artists who are in danger of becoming just photographers. <laughs> and they're both, it's like the worst thing that could happen to either of them, you know. But they're getting so dependent on the other the other's area that they by really... the time they switch if they did switch over if this could happen, you know? They'd be in the same boat again. You yeah. Know, they'd have to switch it back was a very again. funny concept and I've yeah. been thinking that for a while. Yeah, this is you know, because the distinctions are just to a degree artificial, you know, it's really yeah. well, I'm gonna get a maybe one of those so I can turn it on and it starts recording and then I can look for the plug <laughs> and then plug it in. It's, it's all working all the time. Yeah, it's beautiful. I went into a meeting once, uh, it was a room about four times this size, and a big U-shaped table, and people, uh, you know, talking all around in a speaker, and I went up and I set it down on a table like this, at the very slowest speed, uh, and boy, it just picked up everybody, amazing, it's really, uh, it's really, I was really impressed with it. Anyway, it's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very pleased with it, and it just... And if you should want to... To plug in a microphone and, and hang it around the guy, you could do it at the same time. Yeah, in fact, you see, we could do uh, the kind of microphone I did the test with was just like a lot of like we could have clipped it onto your sweater or something, for example, and and I could put the it right next to me, and then you're being picked up by that mic and I'm being picked up by the built-in mic. You know? But I just don't like going no, no, in no, to no, talk I, to someone and clipping a thing on. You know? I know what you mean, but yeah, it, just in case that you know, there's sometimes in extra situations or you know other. Special problems. Sure, if it could be done. Now, would you uh, would you have to? Uh, uh, now wait a minute. Uh, uh, no, they both would be on. You know, both of them could be on. And it just it just mixes them together. So it's not a stereo machine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Well, that's good though because some machines, if you plug in one microphone, it'll cut Cancel off the general else. microphone. That, that's well, you can you have you can select whether it does or not. Ah. Well, See right here, you can select internal, external, or mix. You, I tell you, money does everything. Yeah. <laughs> Sony does a lot too. <laughs> and Sony, money and Sony. Money in the Japanese, huh? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, let's see. Let's let's talk. Uh, let's talk some more about uh, some. Uh, oh, I have a pen. About uh, some narrative things. Let me. Uh, well, let me see here. Something. Let me just look through what I. Oh, many things. Well, we were talking about music before we looked at the drawings. Let me ask a few questions about uh, about music about about that. It may be premature because we can talk about the actual performance at Prescott as an event when we get up there a little bit. Um, but in that performance, I was wondering, did uh, the did the people who did it, uh, Steve Aldrich and uh, Mendelssohn, I guess was his name, did, did they uh, rehearse? Or what the, does the role of the idea of rehearsal play a part in this? Uh, they uh, they worked very hard at this. They started uh, rather early in the fall, you know, in other words, when school opened. Mm -hmm. And uh, first I met Steve, and then and then uh, uh, about a week later, you know, I, I met uh, uh, Walt, and mm -hmm. Walt was a flutist. And uh, within, I'd say that within about three weeks or so, they were getting together and coming over here and, and uh, working at this. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, and then, then they decided to uh, to really go for this. And they worked with us for 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 a few more weeks, and then, and uh, then they said, "By God, uh, before uh, spring's over, we'll have a concert of this." <laughs> and Prescott Colleges will have to hear this whether they want to or not. You know, I mean, kids are. So that they they did in a sense. Uh, they did go over the, the rendition, uh, so to speak. Oh, this was very carefully, very, very carefully worked at. And, and, uh, and Steve uh, is a, you know, they were both good, good musicians, but Steve especially a fine uh, musician and also a, a theoretically well-rounded guy. Because mm -hmm. I, I was, so. the, the expression came to my mind. Can you, uh, would that be, uh, 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 I, I know, I catch myself speaking so low. Okay, will that catch I just suddenly? Yeah, yeah, it, it'll sound low, but it should be on there. Okay. No problem. Because um, we're, we're very close to it, and it'll, it'll almost pick up anything in the room. And so, okay. And there's so little background noise here. You know, it's so still on here most of the time. Um, well, the expression that came to my mind when I was thinking about this, and I was reading the description of the performance that appeared in the Prescott Courier, which I, oh, which yeah, I yeah, saw. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And uh, did you see that? <laughs> it's actually it's in the files at the Museum of Modern Art. Oh, I don't know where they got it, but it's oh, God, <laughs> some guy Wilbur Stevens or somebody or somebody yeah, wrote it. Yeah, the things that travel around. Yeah, I don't know where it came from. Oh, it? oh absolutely. Oh. <laughs> anyway, but I read it. It was a very it was a kind of a nice article. I thought you know decent. Uh, not, not bad at all. You bet. Yeah, and uh, not what I expected from a newspaper really, but. Um, as I was thinking about that, I read the description and the, of the projection and so on, and I came to just a musical expression of a sight reading came to my mind, you know, when I was thinking about the idea of rehearsal, you know, of sight reading, you know, just to simply play it from hearing it, and I thought, gee, that would be really a nice way if you could do this, you know, although that might make too many demands for actually performing it, but I just thought that was a, a nice metaphor for the whole thing of sight reading the music. So yeah, that's right. Just that. And here's a here's a question, um, and I think we've really answered this in a sense. But but um, if we're talking about music um, from the standpoint of its visual appearance, um, is it possible in your mind that uh, that a score could consist of some kind of photographic image? Would that is that at all conceivable, or is that just so so removed as to not be? Uh, Something. I mean, did you ever well, think of the score? Uh, if, if we say if they if we say that this this particular manner of proceeding or this particular tra tradition in the making, which I think it is actually tradition in the making, I think other people have in more recent years fooled with it and may have actually worked uh, way back, but certainly nobody ever heard. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, to answer answer your question, we would simply have to say. How would a score like that be constituted? If if you're asking it in the line of this kind of thinking and rationale, you know, that the scores are made, you know, mm -hmm. well, you would just, you would simply would have to have uh, something uh, that is staff related. I mean, you know, you, you cannot because those things are staff related. They yeah. just occasionally drop a staff, you know. Right. But uh, the position is is more is, is always relative, so it can always it always can be retrieved. Even if the staff isn't there. Yeah, the staff is always the implied reference. So, so any anything that you take, you know, it's actually let's say, it's it's actually kind of a of a fictitious, it's a it's a fictitious, uh, freedom, that that you are trying to pursue by 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 what you're suggesting, mm -hmm. because 
well, after when it really works, all you will have done, you will have assigned a position to something in relation to staff. Mm -hmm. you, you, you see that. I mean, mm -hmm. Because there's a score, there are the lines, more or less indicated. And, uh, and uh, there can, there are, you can assign positions and you can, and you can give these positions some, uh, some occupier. In other words, you can say it's such a note modified in such a form. Or you can be, which is hap what happens a great deal of the time in this, uncertain. <laughs> and uh, this, the, you know, the musicians have a chance to, to figure out. Mm -hmm. But, but it's, it's important to point out that, the, 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 again, where the, where the note is going to be played is not uncertain at all. The relational yeah. position. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you uh, let's say, in principle, if you drew, if you, uh, if you st strung up here, you know, uh, some wires in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a simulation of a score, mm -hmm. you know, in the staff. Yeah, we could take any damn thing in the room and go and hang yeah. it up on these wires here, you know, or, or you know, and then we'd, we'd say, you know, well, what do we call this? The musician would come in here, Steve would say, well, we call this an A, you know, mm -hmm. so on and so on. You know? But so, so the, the, the answer to the question is, it always reduces itself to proceed along lines like this and end up having a play, being able to play it. You have to think of it uh, that, that you are assigning a position on the staff. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it doesn't make any difference whether you do it in color or not or whether you do it square or round and, uh, and so on. But you need that reference. You just need, need the reference so that you can, uh, you can drop a lot of the lines occasionally if, but you leave a few traces mm -hmm. indicating the heights. So there's an implication at least. Yeah, so you can re-orient re you know, re uh, yourself. Yeah. Okay, let's, uh, let's then talk about, uh, just go back to the narrative aspect of, of uh, part of uh, our talk and go back to uh, where we picked up on the musical interest in, in 1934. Um, and I want to talk about another thing. You, you I guess, in '33, before uh, you went out to Los Angeles, um, you you visited Chicago. I, now, Alito, Illinois, I assume is in the vicinity of Chicago. But it's about it's uh, well, about 180 miles, I guess, from Chicago. Mm -hmm. It's quite a ways. Yeah. Okay. And um, I uh, you want to come in and talk about Alito, Illinois. I thought I heard Alito, Illinois. <laughs> I even know how to spell that already. You do. It was in the Cornell yearbook. <laughs> <laughs> God. <laughs> he's, he's seen everything. That's oh, right. We need to. Uh, I tell you, I hope, I hope we, uh, you know, don't have to be ashamed of too much. No, please. Anyway, my question was just that uh, the year following, you had this exhibit at Increase Robinson Gallery, and that, that I, I guess you probably must have arranged on this trip to Chicago. Must have showed. Nineteen thirty-three. We were in in the summer of nineteen thirty-three. Was that right? Mm -hmm. uh, we went to Chicago. We went to Chicago. We went to Lille, and uh, we also went to Chicago, and that was the World's Fair at that time. That was a big World's Fair oh, thing, and that was the right. reason for going there. So there was art to be seen there, and the museum uh, and the uh, the Art Institute was uh, doing the best it could to you know to look good too. Oh, yeah, and so there was pavilion. there was quite a bit of thing going, uh, stuff going on in Chicago. That was the reason mm -hmm. for going there. Well, you went there with Charles Darwin. Yeah, and uh, Grace. And then. No, wait, wait, stop. What, what did you say? He went there with who? Well, no, a friend, don't, a friend, don't, 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 no, okay, don't, don't, just, if we're going to mention names, we should no, spell it for now. Don't mention, no, no, it was just a friend. Yeah, okay. it's, just, it's just complicated yeah, things. Yeah, right. 
road to somebody else who's gone. Yeah, well, anyway, that, that was the reason for going to Chicago because to go to the fair, the, sh the fair, you know, fair. These fairs uh, always have uh, international art exhibits, you know, and they had some good things there, and they had a good deal in experimental housing, and uh, and so on. And they were just uh, this was actually uh, really the first look that the Mecca got at, at modern architecture with some of the things done, done there and shown there. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so uh, I, I went, uh, you know, looked quickly around the loop, you know, in Chicago to see what was going on there, and I, and I see this new place, you know, and I just, uh, I just walked in. It was a relatively new gallery. Yeah, yeah. Oh yes, uh, where we are within, I would say within a year or two at the most, she, this lady had opened this. Now, where did the name? Is this, is this the name of the person? Increase, the Increase Robinson is the name of the person, and she was a, she was a well. Uh, uh, you know, a cultured lady. Is it, also, huh? is it uh, was she from New England? That kind of that name increase is a first yeah, name. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Increase had mother. Mother. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, she she. Uh, in any case, she had this very nifty gallery in this new building, the Diana Court, with the Diana in the court. You know, I mean, in Chicago, they are literal when they do things. <laughs> <laughs> And so I, I went to didn't talk to her with a while, you know, and I had, I had taken some, some watercolors and, and uh, I guess they're mostly watercolors. They're just watercolors. I had really, but I don't think I had really. I just talked to her for a little while, and and I said, you know, we got talking. She says, well, uh, could I show you these things? You know, I can mean more. She said, oh yes, please do. <coughs> And uh, and uh, and she showed these things within a month or two, or, you know, three months. That fall, you know, really that fall. She showed them that same year. Uh, yeah. Or was it the next? I summer? I would think I would think it was that. Well, whatever it is, if it's anyways on. Yeah, I th I think it was the yeah. next summer, but I'm not certain. You know, I think that's the reference I've seen. Is. Well, what happened was that either then or the next time, I don't know which. Uh, uh, that was. It was either that year or the next year. I was in Chicago also. Before. Next summer. After the year you'd been in Los Angeles, you were in Chicago again that summer? In 34? No, that, was, that no, preceded no, before. it. No, that just preceded it. You went to Los Angeles in the fall. In the fall. Well, in any case, uh, it was at this increased Robinson Gallery. Mm -hmm. I had barely seen a photograph of I had seen about a couple of things of Westerns were produced in magazines, you know. Uh -huh. And uh, uh, I knew I I I I, I got a, a very quick sense that this man was about something. You know, I didn't know how much from these couple of photographs. They had a, they had a cohesion, a simplicity and a, and a, and a, and a design cohesion, which I wasn't accustomed to seeing in things. I already had very high standards in those days because I was I was just looking at in terms of design. You know, mm -hmm. and uh, so something came up. About you know something, Grace Rodden said, said, oh, uh, uh, what what was a Jean Charlot? You know, just was in here this morning, mm. and he left uh, left us uh, left Edward Weston book uh, that uh, that Noel uh, Armitage had published. See, that's that first book on Weston mm. that was done, and that was Noel Armitage. 
So I, that's where I first saw uh, quite a few things. Uh huh. But uh, it didn't uh, didn't turn me into photography one way or another. You know, I mean, it was it was just uh, you know left me in the same situation. You know, which was good. Well, I was pursuing my business, which at that time was making watercolors. Yeah, and I would think that uh, from what you said, that your response in any of that would not have been regardless of the quality of that work, that would not have been to make a judgment about photography, but just about that person's work. So that's right, that's right. The, uh, as far as this gallery goes, um, did they sh who, who else did they show, uh, or did they end up showing, or that you were aware of? Just uh, they, uh, they, had a good, uh, they had a good sampling of, uh, of uh, the very definitely new people. I mean, that's, uh, this lady was quite known. And uh, what would be the... Uh, well, it was a question of, to some degree, what was available to her. She was perfectly up to, to uh, you know, taking in her stride. And so mm -hmm. I would say that it was that the the, the, the whole tone would be a, be a be about a step lower than say a downtown gallery in New York uh, in those days, mm -hmm. where the downtown gallery had things more available directly. And, uh, she she just wasn't uh, had. Well, more na I mean, more national people. Well, she had a little more of a sprinkling of Chicago people, too. Sure. Know. Yeah. And, and the work that you showed to her and the work that was showed at that gallery, the watercolors, were they, um, what was their character? Were they abstract primarily? They were the kind of things that I think I mentioned yesterday, tended to be somewhat uh, abstract, somewhat linear, mm -hmm. and in uh, light tones. You know, like overlaying planes and so forth. You know, definitely Architectural. A, uh, the the uh, image uh, imagery you might say, which they did contain, it was was the, the imagery of the world that I knew, which was the world of architecture. Mm -hmm. you know, what else can a guy do, paint or photograph, but what he deals with all the time? Mm -hmm. We never make an exception in our lives. You see. If we ever make an exception that is not a creative exception, it's a disaster. Mm -hmm. you know, it's a crazy. Yeah, that we can. Uh, here's a question: Did you sell any of that work from the, as a result of that exhibit? No, do you recall? I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not either uh, aware of it one way or the other anymore. In that case. Well, and let, let me let me ask this then, in a sense. Um, uh, well, had I sold anything up to then? For instance, a question yeah, like that. Yeah, kind of. Or what? Yeah, I I had sold a few uh, a few drawings in in uh, Tucson. Watercolor too, mm -hmm. and uh, there were quite a there were a number of uh, people. And I, I mean, my my things always looked uh, tidy and and uh, had a certain style to them. Mm -hmm. So uh, what I'm kind of wondering, in the sense, is that at this point, you're about twenty eight years old or so, somewhere around in there. Nineteen twenty five, a uh, five from five to to twenty five is. Well, this is thirty three. To thirty five would be thirty. So take off uh, two, yeah, uh, yeah. twenty-eight. Yeah, and I'm just wondering at, at that point, um, did you um, did you need, so to speak, the 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 did the show provide you with a sort of uh, feeling that you were on the right track beyond your own personal feeling, a kind of not necessarily recognition, but an encouragement, you know, but a kind of an external kind of feeling that something was happening. Um, and, uh, and yes, it was. It was uh, not so much directly a matter of. Of the, uh, uh, it was it was uh, was it was a sort of a right feeling, you know, to have things exhibited somewhat, mm 
but they had to be exhibited. I didn't care if it, if it I wasn't interested in having them shabbily exhibited. That's what I liked about her place. Mm -hmm. That it, it was, you know, really quality. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I, I I well for one thing I, I should slip in here the fact that I just was not out to peddle any uh, in any of my work because uh, uh, I had conducted commerce in, in, in you know in architecture and uh, city planning mm -hmm. and I I knew enough about about making money how money is made and where it is made and uh, that it, and that. I was clear, and I used to even say it this way, and that if it was, if it's a question, you know, of really making money, I'm going to deal in potatoes. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to deal in something that I can lay my hands on, and, and that is a, is a commodity. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, if for the time being this is not a commodity, I'll just have to put up with this. And uh, luckily, I, you know, Francis uh, was very tolerant of these things. Mm -hmm. and, uh, <laughs> to say the least. In essence, sort of, so more or less, being the main breadwinner in terms of uh, yes, the bills. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Occasionally, whenever I, I sold something, of course, that was uh, that was great. Right. Yeah. But uh, but she, uh, uh, you know, there there was the food and there was the the, uh, the you know the electric bills and the mm -hmm. company and and we didn't have a telephone for many years. Yeah, the thing... Uh, Which was just... Well, yeah, that's not such a great loss. No, we're, we're going to go back to this. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't have you here bothering me if I didn't have a telephone. <laughs> I'm so a great simple, letter writer. <laughs> simple, simple, but I'm terrible about that. Well, you know, one of the questions, that's a very general question here, and that, that this relates to, and other things we've said relate to, that I think is really an important issue, is, uh, is just how the hell people survive who are seriously committed to the arts in this country. You know, I think that's a, I think that's a real issue. It's becoming easier in a way. And then, and then again, when, when, you it's know... It's becoming different, I think. Becoming different, and becoming different in the sense, you know, that the guys who are really doing the different thing now may be just as hungry, and that we, yeah. have, we don't know who they are. See, there's just that, that noise yeah, true, true. feeling. Yeah? yeah, I mean, I, there's a, there's a, um, well, there's a couple issues here. One is the issue of, like, the patron, which is a classical concept, and which certainly some photographers have had. Um, I suppose it's been primarily positive for them, you know. But for example, um, I'm thinking of like McAlpin's support of Weston, you know, great, you know, kind of help at certain points. Um, or like the way that Stieglitz, in in some respects, really was subsidizing. The people he was showing, you know, to a to varying degrees, mm -hmm. um, and just this whole question, and particularly in photography, gets very sticky because of the whole the 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 commercial aspects of photography, which so many photographers, even who have significance as artists, nevertheless also engaged in a, a purely commercial aspect of it. And um, just if if on the level of a general thought, uh, what your feelings are about uh, those various kinds of ways people have found of making it. Um, or why they didn't appeal to you, or didn't they weren't available to you? Or... I mean, uh, how uh, how other people have have uh, you know had to support themselves compared possibly to what I did? Yeah, for example, alternate ways of doing it. You know. Yeah, for example, the whole idea of commercial art. Oh, oh. To take well, one. Yeah, know? the whole idea of commercial art was was out because 
if if I was going to have to deal with commercial you know, on a commercial basis with them, I would set myself up in in a and you know and I had the energy to do that. I would go all the way back and you know and by that time I would have promoted you know some landscape architecture city planning on a much larger scale. You know by that time uh, things were changing again and other things could have mm -hmm. been done. And a lot of architects uh, were doing uh, housing and uh, military housing, you know, doing the war mm -hmm. and things like that. I mean, that, was, that was site planning too. So there, there were other ways. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have done it by, by, by peddling uh, mm -hmm. something that is not established. You see, that is the, that is the, 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 the great mistake of the, of the launching of, of, or, or, or somebody trying to support himself mm -hmm. uh, by, uh, by, uh, by launching, in other words, through something an income or, or, or the, the sale of things that, that, that aren't worked out that people haven't really seen and no, no matter how inspiring they are in a lot of mm -hmm. ways but they, they are already in the beginning but what about when I say commercial art I'm thinking of uh, a much more mundane level of things like for example Weston's portrait business you know um, did it ever cross your mind to do something similar to that uh, I mean, or, or if it did, you would have re would you reject it, and why? Oh, sure. I thought. I mean, I didn't think about it. I mean, I, I, I knew such things were done, you know, and and then the Western did, but that wasn't my thing. No, there was, there, were, there would have been other ways, you know. If I, and I would have just simply, I would have simply. Uh, uh, you see, here the point is this: that and this is uh, I've been talking, uh, you know, to uh, to Alex about this uh, from time to time. That in many certain ways of the people that I know, I'm almost the only professional, you know. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean the guy who is trained, you know, in the design disciplines from the beginning into it. I came into this way, you know. In other words, I didn't handle. I learned to handle a camera and got very proficient at that, and then gradually uh, cleaned up the the prints, you know, by mm -hmm. by uh, getting a little organization into this, you know, beginning to tease people with a few things. Mm -hmm. that, I mean that, that that's a, a, you know kind of a pedestrian situation, and you see what the saved Western was that he really instinctively at a certain time went to to Mexico. Mm -hmm. All of the rest of the stuff is is uh, not bad work at all, mm -hmm. but nonsense in terms of, the, of what he really did. He should have done this much earlier, but still he should have been in the design discipline in the first place and then gone all the way through. Because towards the end of his life, he started to pull things together. I mean, some of those uh, photographs there really become something. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, the lighter work. Oh, he's got some fantastic things. Yeah. And uh, his the capacity to see many things and to and to grasp them in their in their in their uh, generalities in a, in a magnificent, straightforward way. Possibly no one has ever had like Weston. Mm -hmm. Weston uh, can, can handle more things than anybody. But when it comes, to, well, but when it comes to the making of prints, that people will be uh, annoying with their f the fingernails over it, like mm -hmm. like s some things I've made, they're not there, you know. That doesn't. I'm not. I'm not uh, making comparison criteria. You know, greatness, anything like that. We, right. we're, we're talking about what. How does one make a product? How does one live while making this product? You know, right. what are the hard and boiled necessities? You know. Mm -hmm. Well, okay, well, I, I want to continue this now so as to justify this almost a tirade here. Is, is, is that if I really wanted to make money, I would have gotten back into what would have been my professional, or basically my original professional training, and expanded that, and I would have gone back into what essentially was art at that level. 
Yeah. You see, I was accustomed to, to conducting art, uh, you know, from the day I left Cornell. Mm -hmm. you know. Hmm. And uh, in fact, my, in fact, my attitude was was uh, was was looked at uh, as being too strict by some of the, uh, my fellow students at Cornell. They thought you just you're being too 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 um, um, uh, not optimistic, but you know, uh, idealistic. Yeah? Idealistic. Yeah. But you have to come down to earth. You know, you don't have to come down to earth. You don't have to come down to earth. You're here already. You know, don't waste any time coming down to earth. Mm -hmm. <laughs> See. <laughs> Yeah, here's a, I have a, a kind of a series of questions here that relate to this, that under the general heading of survival, <laughs> really. Um, and as I was starting to think about this, um, one thing that occurred to me is that just the whole idea of uh, really the notion of security, or that is to say that many, many Americans, certainly today and in a lesser way perhaps in the past decades, you know, tend to work for like a, a large corporation or a big institution or some kind of place that that sort of takes care of them, you know what I mean, or that feeling anyway, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, and um, that here you are <laughs> working without reference to any of that kind of thing, and I'm just wondering, were there times when you when you really questioned the whole thing, and, you know, sort of thought of giving it up, and, and if you did, why didn't you actually give it up, you know, that whole question of uh, how you sustain yourself, you know, and the feelings that you might well, have. Well, there was a, there were, uh, there was a, this, this has one, Facet in there, uh, and that is the question: at how much, how much can could I do? You know, I mean, I was not going to put myself back into a rat race because after what I was in there before, it was in a sense a rat race. Mm -hmm. yeah. It was, you know, it was a question. I was still uh, conducting it at that point, you know, in a, in a passable way, but it might have gotten much busier, you know, and uh, so. But in any case, I would not want to have conducted this in anything but the highest, you know, at the highest levels of, you mm -hmm. know. And uh, so, if I had done it to do it in this country, I would have ended up back in New York on, 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 uh, on uh, 101 Park Avenue. You know, I know that that's where all the uh, the big shot at landscape architects and planners were, mm -hmm. and in the in the in the forties. And that's the last thing that I wanted to do. I mean, you know. And uh, so the question really was, uh, uh, and this took a little time to, to weed out, actually. And that was the question, weed out, to sort of gradually to, to feel comfortable in it. Because what really, the, one of, the one concern that I had, you see, is that I really never felt very comfortable leaving what I knew so well. Yeah. You know? But at the same time, I, I had a terrific attraction to, to, to do other things too, and I wanted to do them. Well, after a while I learned I could do them all. And I and I learned that I could do them all at once. And then I learned even that I didn't that I could do them all without doing them all at once, by doing the fundamentals of this thing, by looking more and more at the fundamentals. And uh, and uh, that's why uh, uh, you know certain uh, shot of teaching, at the, at the time it came was very good, uh, you know at the, at the ID mm -hmm. for one year, mm -hmm. because uh, you know I I, I really. Uh, uh, I had to say things to, to the kids. I always was good at that, mm -hmm. but but I had to say it consistently so I remembered somewhat what I had said to the kid before, so I wasn't upsetting him, you know. Right. And uh, so, I, <laughs> so so I, I got a little bit of order yeah. into things. Well, uh, along these lines of survival, also while I'm thinking of your, while I'm thinking of it, let me check my tape, which is getting very very nearly end. Let me change the.
anyway, um, well, this is related to this whole idea of just surviving, uh, that at this point, uh, where we are kind of talking about the middle 30s, it's been a number of years <coughs> since the original TB attack and you went to La Rosa, and did you have any recurring health problems that, that you know, presented a problem from that? Never, uh, never, no, luckily, uh, never, never had anything uh, connected with chest problems. So after, after that initial real kind of radical change yeah. in your life, it never really impinged on you again? I still, while I, was, uh, while, I was in, while we were in Tucson at the, uh, uh, in that first year, uh, I went to a clinic there you know, and had these guys check me. Mm -hmm. They were very, very nice, very kind, and I must say that uh, we really got some very friendly uh, medical advice and uh, help and, and mm -hmm. without any, any uh, with, you know, with great... So it was not concern. a big issue after that point? No, and then, then, then after that, uh, you know, I didn't have any... Anything anyone else? Did? But I, I, I realized that, that this is, was, this was something uh, no, nothing necessarily to to be to play lightly with, and uh, yeah, I wasn't going to hire myself out, or I wasn't going to work myself into situations. In other words, I strain myself. I mean, but well, that year in, in uh, that year in in, uh, in Arosa straightened me out. <laughs> I mean, I ever since then I've become a reasonable man. You know, I mean, a, a mule is a mule, and a man is a man. You know. <laughs> Yeah, let's not get that mixed up. It's an important difference to remember. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> well, <laughs> the, uh, the thing that occurred to me relative to this, and uh, again, this may not even apply from what you just said, but I was wondering if you were, uh, had any feelings about health problems in photography, related to doing photography, like being in the darkroom, for example. Um, it's a thing that hasn't been talked about much, actually, but uh, I'm convinced that there's an issue there, you know. That just beginning to be. You mean where the, that a lot of people have troubles? The people have some respiratory problems, I think, and maybe even some much subtler things that we're not aware of. Yeah, well, uh, and that's quite that's quite true. But that was one of the advantages. Uh, I mean, in other words, um, of coming west in, into a very dry climate, and better still, not going to California because there you pick up all sorts of other problems that that start, you know, flipping into the total. Mm -hmm. Uh, Arizona was just absolutely ideal, like they, they, uh, I suppose in parts of New Mexico would have been too. But it, my God, it's, it, uh, we're sitting here at the cream uh, place, <laughs> and the only thing that could, could happen is that uh, once a year there, is, uh, there might be a little bit of a, 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 a traces of sandstorm coming over mm -hmm. here. But generally, this area isn't getting to this year. You have you've seen how. Uh, I haven't really even seen a large yeah. sandstorm in three yeah, years. That's right. Mm -hmm. But I have seen the sky sometimes in, in, in uh, ten years past, sometimes colored, you know. We figured that something, you know, was in the air moving. You know? I mean, not just a far, uh, not smoggy, but particle, you know. Yeah, yeah I'm sure really whatever Fred's losses were to photography, he made up by just being in Arizona. Yeah. And more. Oh, God, yeah. yes. Yeah. But like I was telling you, telling about Bernie Sabbath, you know, her, her health was awful. But when she left New York City, I moved to Maine. I was like an immediate seventy percent increase. Oh, sure. You know, she has emphysema actually, but oh, God, no, but no. she used to smoke, you know. But she's quit the smoking and she left New yeah. York City and she doesn't know these people smoke. I, she's great, I smoked some uh, the uh, first uh, two years in Prescott, maybe. But I but but really comparatively moderation anyway. And then I gave it. Yeah, she is. She plans to live to be one hundred and two. Well, that's good. She said. <laughs> 
I give her a pretty good answer. Uh, and let, let's stick let's stick in a minute longer with this uh, thing. Uh, it makes a heck of a lot of difference uh, how you conduct your darkroom. And in, I mean, I uh, I've always been very sensitive, as you know, to orders generally. You know? mm -hmm. And guy, a guy who's who's uh, sensitive to orders and things like that, he's blessed. He knows that he knows an hour and a mile ahead what's coming. You know? mm -hmm. And I, I I have got out of so many troubles, you know, by by smelling it sooner than other people. Mm -hmm. And so consequently, I never had any open solutions standing in the bathroom. He never kept anything in tanks, you know, like other people. They have used to have tank developers. Don't use acetic acid in open trays. Never. I don't use any acetic acid in open trays. No. What What do you do for stop bath for praying? By bisulfite, a very limited amount of bisulfite, and and keep substituting the, uh, the solution. Don't ride it too hard. Mm -hmm. And then the the uh, yeah. So besides using uh, chemicals, which which tend to stay in the tray and not not get into the atmosphere, though. Yeah. We we don't we don't go in there and splash it up a lot either. I mean. Sure. We we don't go in and make a hundred prints and hope gee maybe we'll get a few out of this. I well, mean, yeah, that's a You go in and you issue. and you make ten expose ten sheets and then you, you know, you have something to look at and something to work with and it's not like you're taking a bath and the. Mm -hmm. and the well, and also just I guess because the room was originally it's a large designed room, as a studio, the air volume in that room yeah, is probably it's double. Oh, it's impo important. Yeah. I would never get in my life, and I've I've advised everybody that I possibly talk to. He says, "Look at Bill, that you know, he's got a dark mm -hmm. room down the ways here." It's almost, and his is almost as big as. Have you seen this room? Mm -hmm. I've seen it this yeah, okay. very briefly. And uh, I advise people, <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, Looking just right take a large room. Do do exactly the opposite. Store everything in the tiny little cubby somewhere if you if you must, you know. Mm -hmm. But don't do it the other way. Store everything in your big room and have the dark room as a, a tiny little cubby or vice versa. Yeah. And that solves everything. And I and the and the few people that and the quite a few people that have taken this hint that we you know, friends that we have. Mm -hmm. God they say what a fantastic experience it is to live in a dark room like that. They actually talk about you know, two, three hours in there, four hours, you say, no, don't feel like having to walk away. Yeah, you don't have that yeah, close yeah. feeling. Yeah. yeah. And just related to that, I, it might be interesting, I don't know what there is to say, but um, that when you moved into this house, it was really, what, just this, a kind of a, a smaller section here, and I, I was thinking of Weston's expression of his palatial shack, you know, <laughs> yeah. in relation yeah. to it, although yeah. this is uh, certainly much more palatial than Weston's palatial mm -hmm. shack uh, ever was. Not no. Well, I mean, just it's, you know, the number of rooms and so on. Well, the number of rooms, yeah. This is so much. So much this oh. was one big room. How large was the kitchen dark room? and a dark room? Dark it's a small dark room. Wild a very small dark room. Yeah, it's like the kitchen, really, roughly. Oh, yeah. small. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 It's very, uh, it's very small. Yeah, it, it has a certain, it is palatial in some respects, really. It's, uh, it's all open except the dark room and the bathroom. Yeah. But it's a... I mean, you know. I don't know, maybe that's, this just seems to be a... Maybe that's a tradition in photography. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, people started, you know, by, uh, by taking a little closet or something, a little corner in the house, a little, a little nook, some place. Until Fred got a dark room downtown, we had, when we rented a house, we had to be able to close up either the kitchen or the bathroom for a dark room. Yeah. Yeah. Students made a big thing of, out of uh, uh, you know, you know uh, pushing or, or, or letting it be known as if this was the glory of glories. That he never really had a dark room. Right, he always worked in a closet or a washroom or something. Or kitchen, you know, everything mm -hmm. improvised. Hell, there, there's so many things that, that a poor man has to improvise in life. 
Why should he improvise this thing that he has to have improvised all the time, make the improvisation permanent? I mean, that's what this is, is a permanent improvisation. No, why glorify the struggle that has to come? Like, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah right. in a nice room and use it. That's yeah, right. just do it. All right, well, let's... Uh, okay, you... Um, well, you moved to Prescott in among this time we're talking about. Was there a particular reason why you picked Prescott? Or was it just... Uh, Francis like had, uh, had a... Uh, I was just beginning to work, you know, for the... Uh, well, you say I had a scholarship in social work from from the state, and the condition was that I worked for the state for a year, and they sent us up here, which had been our second choice anyway. Tucson, where we knew people, and, and the university was there, was the first choice, but they didn't send anybody back to the place they came from to do that. So this like a draft. <laughs> so it was, 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 no, all, it was, was a, a very contract. very cunning way to 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 pick out choices. Before, yeah. two or three years before that, that we drove through and Fred said, that's a place I wouldn't mind living. That's <laughs> right. Uh-huh. So that's where we did that. And we would have ended up here, uh, you know, yeah. if it hadn't been for... Yeah. Did, did you come here. to this place first, to the, to the original part of this house first? We yeah. we walked around or drove around, uh, it was a sort of a rainy um, morning in Prescott, and, uh, and then we... Uh, Somehow or other, oh, I kept saying to Francis, damn it, I, I, uh, we saw some horrible things in town that would have been really terrible living. <laughs> and I said, Francis, by God, we saw all these woods out there, there must be some houses out there, you know, in the woods. Mm -hmm. And she was so afraid of getting stuck someplace where it would be hard to drive out of, you know, in what right. weather or anything like that. And I said, let's go and see, you know. And so we came down to this place. Here, you know, we just drove it somehow and drove in in some other way, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that greenhouse, remember that, that where that guy worked over this monster, cut all those things out. Well, and uh, so that, that afternoon we went to that house. So the, the first place spent, you rented was on the street? Went the night, absolutely, mm -hmm. on this side of the street. Then in the meet, then then that was, the, that was uh, in the spring. That was in about... Uh, we were in four other houses, two of them twice. Well, but anyway, so we we came here. Let's say there's um, uh, February. Let's say it was February, huh? Yes. Okay, so then we spent the summer and then and then the summer. Where the hell is Osmond Cottage up here on the hill? Oh, so yeah. you were all around. Well, the problem was no, we were in the here. Mountain Club right except here. two summers. One we stayed in town in a small house, and one we were out in the woods in another, in another direction. The rents went up in the summer because people oh, yeah. would come we, up from we, Phoenix. We paid dollars in the winter, that's and they'd be 175 in the summer. That's right. Oh, so you so move this out was out a summer resort area. I see. But yeah. well, as soon as we had, uh, as soon as we had uh, uh, things uh, settled that we were going to be uh, staying, staying, and I rented the place in town for a, a dark room to make a dark room. And yeah, this, Francis said this was three dollars. Three dollars a, a month. <laughs> yeah, water including and lights, utilities. including and, utilities, and the heating. And the heating. Yeah, as I said to her, I'd pay three times that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 God, so yeah. that that. Uh, what was it then? Two years, two summers worth, right? About two years when you before you ended up actually in this place after you came up to Prescott. We came to Prescott in, in February of '35, and we moved in here in September '38. '38, yeah. And it was about then too that my father died, wasn't it? That's what we yeah. were. Yeah. yeah, you had said '38, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Did you go back to Brazil at that time? No. Yeah. Oh, we were in a position to travel any place. Yeah. I said, oh, they got the, the, the <laughs> God, I was just like, oh, this. 
Fantastic. About an eight by ten camera and stuff. Well, we we bought <laughs> an eight by ten camera. I mean, I, I swapped the two cameras that I had. Oh, that's true. For another for another so body, the you can see how. The lens right, we camped out in the woods for in summer, so we can make the monthly payments and get a land. That was a. Uh, <laughs> that was a. Uh, uh, that was a turn away. Oh. Uh -huh. Well, somewhere in this same period of time, and uh, according to the chronologies I've seen in 1935, when you first came up to Prescott, or maybe just before, in November you went to New York and, and I guess had your first November meeting 35, with, with yeah. students. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so why don't we, we talk about, how did that come about? I mean, did you, how did you, did you plan, did go plan, see plan to meet him, or had you been referred I by had, someone, uh, or how did you, you know? I had, uh, you know, through uh, through the ways of putting things together, uh, you know, realize that Stieglitz really, you know, shouldn't was the only, only guy who, you know, could possibly do anything, you know, or one of the few chances. Mm -hmm. And so uh, uh, I wrote him, you know, if, I, if he would uh, permit me to, uh, to uh, send him a few watercolors and things to see, and he said yes. And so uh, he agreed to that, and he had him for that for a little while, and he sent him back with a very nice letter. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, quite interested, in, in, but not making any commitments mm -hmm. or anything like that. But you know, very friendly, you know, and uh, very, you know, I mean, yeah, I could see he had a lot of respect for what I was doing. And that was that must have been I don't know when. This must have been possibly early in the year '35. I would guess. Did you have the correspondence? Yeah, the correspondence, yeah. Or, or, or certainly no later than summer. Mm -hmm. And. Uh, so in November, about that year, I guess it was in November, I, uh, I thought to something. I had a, a look at New York, I had, a, uh, I had some idea about what shows were going to be on, various things like that. It was important enough for me to see things. And uh, so I just went, to, went into New York and, and, uh, and uh, got myself a room, and, and the next morning I went, you know, about, about 11 o'clock, I suppose, I went into the American place. And there he was by himself, just sitting in, this, in a little office in the apartment. And I introduced myself, and he said, you remember me very well, and very friendly. And so we, we just started talking. You know, and, uh, so uh, before long, uh, well, I thought, of course, I had the, I had the uh, all of this advanced propaganda about, about what a talker he was, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, he sure was. But this man was just so organized, and these people, you know, he was so clear. This, these people who quote him in all these things, they haven't got any idea. This man was talking in Mexican logic, just like that. And where he was short on, where he was short on, was that he explained certain things, and then this came out again recently. He explained certain things in the standpoint of his concerns about the organization of the photograph or art, you know, because we're, talk we're not even talking photography, we're just talking art. Uh, in, a, uh, in, in a way that he had sort of taught himself. Again, he, there's, there was the, there, there the non-professional mm. uh, who had just worked his way into this thing and was perfectly aware of these things. But he didn't have the vocabulary even for this. He didn't, you know. And uh, the people that he talked to had even less vocabulary, you know, mm -hmm. about a lot of these things. And so this has spawned a tradition 
which is uh, simply fantastic. But anyway, we we talked, you know, quite a quite a bit. I listened a lot, but I also said like, and he 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 very soon got on, you know, that I I knew how to to, to talk, present what what I was interested in, and that I was interested in language, and because uh, he was interested in expression, you know, you, all of that struggle about well, this writing the American, uh, you know, the uh, uh, what was it? Uh, American Al and Alfred Stieglitz. You've yeah, seen that book. book you know? Yeah. Well, you, you can see how many shady and strange uh, passages there are. You know, wonder what the hell are you are they really saying? You know. Mm -hmm. And this is all a misunderstanding about what he was saying. And he was not always so helpful, because there was there was a better vocabulary to present some of those things. You know, I already had a better vocabulary at that time in mm -hmm. those things because I was a trained designer. I mean, really trained designer. I mean, lucky as hell. I was really, I was already very well trained, and I hit Cornell at the height of there. Especially, I mean, I, I really had the reaping of that, you know. And he, saw, you know, in, in his own way, sensed this this very very quickly. In, in the, uh, no, it was a matter of sensing it quickly. You know? But I mean, we, we didn't argue over, over over baby talk. I mean, we, mm -hmm. we were moving along, you know. Mm -hmm. And. Uh, and he wasn't, he wasn't uh, giving me any, any uh, sing songs, you know, about, about that, you know, how hard it would have been for him to do this or do that. You know. So uh, the next day, uh, well, the, uh, possibly, uh, I was to mention that at the time that I went in there this particular week, uh, a Marin show was on, a very fine Marin watercolor show, telling all watercolors. And it was really an interesting show that we should to have another look at that just the way it was. Beautiful gallery, beautiful, you know, simply. It's beautiful, great painting and all that. And uh, so uh, the next time or the, or the third time, I was there, I saw him every day, I was in New York practically. And uh, he was always very welcome to see me, I mean, welcoming me very much. And if he was busy, I was, he, he knew I was eating up those, those marins, you know, and taking them in. And the second, well, third time maybe, you know, one time, mm -hmm. I was there, and I again had gotten into the gallery, and there was no one there. But before long, a middle-aged couple walked in, and uh, there were people from the way they were, uh, they were uh, before long he introduced me, and, uh, uh, but from the way they talked to him and the way he talked to them and so forth, and uh, what they were kidding each other about and, and gently was, was the, uh, uh, that they were old friends and, and uh, uh, who knew his ways, you know, and, and uh, but somehow or other, I mean, there, there must have been some kind of a little contention about certain things, you know, like, like saying, well, we, we don't, you know, like, you don't quite take everything or don't quite understand what all the things you say often, you know, and all this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But what he was really doing, he was simply he probably been referring to them, in, I mean, telling them in the past about our journey, about how things are put together a little bit, you know, what goes into making a work of art. You know? But anyway, but that morning, you know, he, uh, you know, I could, I sort of tried to reconstruct this in my mind later, what must be the condition. You know? But anyway, before long, uh, he said, uh, uh, he said, uh, he said something to the lady, and the lady kidded themselves. And he said, "I think you should, you should have, you should go around to this place. You know, go look at these marins with Mister Summer." You know? 
And I, I knew, I knew exactly what he meant. And uh, he knew that I would be able to tell. Mm. I mean, because I mean, not that because I would be able to tell, but some things can be said. Mm -hmm. I mean, we were perfectly clear about a lot of things. You know? mm -hmm. And he said, you know, well, it turned and of course I went around. And uh, he could tell, he could tell, you know, until <laughs> we made the tour of these rooms a couple of times, you know, the way he was, you know, kidding her and you know, sort of said uh, that she, because she was very obviously, you know, very pleased over the marriage, you know, and it was very nice too, you know, to have Mr. Summer, you know, so I wonder, you see, I wonder all the struggle, you see, that people like even uh, Aaron, who's such a close friend of mine, and I know Aaron so well, and certainly uh, greatest respect for her, what problems he had, how he ever came to have problems, and, and uh, you know, uh, with, with not, I don't know that they ever had any, any uh, conflict, but Aaron, Aaron just was put off a little bit by, 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 a, by a certain sense of, of uh, of arrogance when he yeah, now, was uh, a lot of people have written well I mean by and large the publication about Stieglitz seems to fall into one of two categories either that which you referred to already which is transcriptions supposedly uh, of pieces of what he said which tend to create a, a view of Stieglitz almost that you could almost call a mythology about Stieglitz you know that there's an attitude of adulation virtually in some mm -hmm. of it um, and the clarity of which you're speaking, by and large, does not come through in that way. Then there's the other side of it, people who've not written any length but have said, well, I went to meet Stiglitz, and he was uh, either he was a nasty old man, or he had this group of disciples around him, you know, with a very negative meaning of the word disciple, and people were very turned off by that and, you know, never had any contact with him again. And Walker Evans has said this, and people, you know, other people have made reference to that. And I just wondered what you felt about this disciple idea this, of this group of people around him, um, perhaps maybe in the period from when there's, he There's on. nothing wrong with being well in Stiglitz. All you'd have to do is, is to be clear-headed and not get gobbled up by, by what he was not clear about, you see. That was the problem. Mm -hmm. You could get gobbled up by Stiglitz about the things that he did not know how to say. That he, he had perfectly good reasons and instincts to want to say, and he knew where the problems lay. Mm -hmm. But he, again, he was not a professional. This, this, is, this is the thing. And the literary people who put together, you know, and there, there, there was a remarkable, some remarkable people, a group of people who put together the... the, the uh, American Alphabet. Yeah. They are not professionals, again, in the terms of the graphics of a work of art. And so they, they, they cannot talk about it. And this is the same problem in, in, uh, in, in the... Uh, I, wish we had, uh, I wish we had some things here about, about uh, written by, let's say, somebody like uh, Greenberg. Mm -hmm. you know? Again, to show what a confusion exists in this whole business, you know, and, and the people, people that uh, he has spoken favorably about, you know, about, they, they of course say he's great, they want to embrace him, mm -hmm. and the others hate him. But nobody knows what it is that they're against, and nobody knows what they're for in, this, in that dispute. Mm -hmm. And in a sense, that was part of the problem with Stieglitz, you're saying, too. That was also the problem with yeah. Stieglitz. You know, I was going to say, and you said, you, we wish, you wish we had... So and so here. I was gonna say, I wish we had a tape recording of Stieglitz. <laughs> That's what I wish. Oh, I wish too. You know, to really hear him yeah. himself. Oh my God! I mean, I, I mean, uh, that would be wonderful. I'm a, I have to admit that that uh, not easily admit that I've cleaned up my way of stating things a great deal since. Mm -hmm. But I was working at it all the time, 
and uh, I had it. I certainly had it up to the the finest level of the mm -hmm. of the of the, of the, of the best professional architect in those days. Mm -hmm. And I was gaining ground fast in terms of yeah. Well, Stiglitz was a was a much older man at this time, and he was he was really should have he had it probably as clear as he was going to get it. He he was never going to have it. Any, he was going probably downhill already by the time. He said, oh. Yeah. Now I'm wondering in terms of just a kind of Stiglitz as a human being. You know what you're since there's so much interest in a kind of a so much funny you know things written about him. What your perception was? Because I have heard uh, remarks about how Stiglitz was really really was a Kind of paranoid in the last years, which is not exactly this period, but shortly following. You know that, that that he was terrified during the war, that he was a hypochondriac, that he was kind of a pain to be with in certain respects. Um, and I just wondered if you had any experience, uh, pro or con, relative I, to that. I have a feeling that the the this is probably one thing that never gets mentioned in all of this is that, and, and I I'm a sort of aware of it because my life in a way was just exactly the opposite. Uh, because the, the, uh, we went through uh, you know years here where I practically could 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 have cried to find somebody to talk to you know about or, you know or or it was exciting you know <laughs> if if somebody came through here you know and the guy was anyways on the ball you know when we did some extraordinary people did come through but very few you know it is a desert <laughs> yeah it was well it's, it was not a main travel travel route if we had lived in California you know in that neighborhood of San Francisco. Mm -hmm. Los Angeles Trail, you know, or or he even if we had even lived on on sixty six, which because I wouldn't want to live on sixty six up there, yeah, the highway, you know, a few more people would have possibly stopped. Yeah, just more on the beach. As as it was, it, it depended on on uh, people that would just told us, you know, to stop you. Oh, you're going to California. Well, why don't you drive to Prescott and, and see for some? But you say Stiglitz had the opposite? Uh... He had exactly the opposite. And so Stiglitz actually was suffering the, the, the shock of, of never being alone, you see. Yeah, now, I've, I've heard the remark made that Stiglitz uh, almost had no concept of a distinction between his, call it his public life and his private life. Well, that... And that, uh, isn't the man going to suffer? Isn't the guy going to suffer in this? In this? It's all right to to conduct this uh, like a, uh, I mean, if you want to, if you want to be a be a Christ, you know, and conduct this as a part of your crusade. Well, that's the that's the price you pay. Yeah, that's part of the image, of course, that's become attached to him. In yeah, sense. but uh, uh, what he simply does, he didn't have enough time for himself. Well, the one who seems to perhaps have suffered, just again from what I've heard, is O'Keefe. You know, who, who couldn't tolerate that much pressure. Um, oh, sure. You know. And so, so they, they essentially lived apart a lot, a lot of the time. You know. yeah. Did you meet her at this time? Or was yeah, she... yeah. I, uh, about, the second, about the second day I was in there, it was third day. Uh, I had, sh I had, had I, that's right, I had taken to New York with me. Uh, some things, some things that st that I had uh, sent to Stevens before, so I didn't show them anything. But I had some, I had groups of small drawings, mad that you know, mad, tiny little like on mats, four by sketches, six, oh, even smaller, you know, uh -huh. sketches. And I showed these to Stevens, and, and Stevens was very much taken by them. Contact prints, as it were. Tiny little contact, smaller than contact prints, actually, <laughs> smaller than this four by fives. Yeah. And uh, so. That morning, and uh, I was just standing around the garden, and there O'Keefe comes in, and, uh, and he says, "Oh, uh, Georgia, Georgia, I, I want you to, to uh, meet Mr. Sutherland." And, uh, 
he had already said something to her. And uh, before long, I, I, I had the things with me. So uh, I, got, I got them out and uh, uh, showed them to her. And she was very, very much taken. And, uh, but here, here, here is really something to stay. You would think people that have, you know, have been vilified really at times, you know, and or thought to be monsters, you know, or conniving or secretive perhaps, you know, in a, in a Kabbalah type of retreat or something, uh, would not be so frank about what they say, you know, openly in, in front of each other. Well, she just turned around to him and said, well, Alfred, these little things would make a magnificent little exhibition. And, uh, well, you, you know, you, you wouldn't expect people to, you know, uh, if a stranger said this to you, you'd want to clobber him, you know? You know, if he's in business, you Putting him on the spot, yeah. Yeah, putting him put on the spot. And, and he got off with this so beautifully. And it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, it was perfectly, perfectly, uh, perfectly, uh, because later he backed it up with other things. He said, he said, yes, yes, I know that. That's why I wanted you to see it, I know that. But he says, uh, this is past my time to take on other people. Hmm. I have done my part. Mr. Mr. Summer needs people, somebody just like I have done for some people. And, uh, and uh, then he said, well, maybe that, you know, then he sort of did something like, maybe, uh, uh, maybe they are for some people. And then he started, you know, later to think, uh, speculate a little bit, you know, Anyway, uh, he did not turn this down, the idea down. He just simply said, it's too late for me to take people because I, you know, mm -hmm. and I would really follow them through, you know. Well, some people have not uh, quite understood these because uh, it was uh, sometime after that that he had an Adams show. And sometime after that he had a Porter show, you know. And some of these people are think that that's so great. But uh, Stieglitz is, uh, Stieglitz is, uh, 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 this is Porter quoting Stiglitz about what, Porter, what Stiglitz thought of, of Adams. Oh, magnificent special photographer. Yeah. Or something like that, you know. Excellent special photographer. And, uh, so it, it, was, it was another level. It's not really on the level of art, that, you know, that, that, that he was... That Porter reports Stiglitz's that's right. response to Adams. That's right, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, did Stieglitz Anyway, actually... so then after, so at that point, you know, Stieglitz, uh, 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 Stieglitz gave me a note to Alfred Barr, who, who had, uh, you know, had just gotten uh, through a few weeks before putting on the, the Van Gogh show. It was still up. It was a magnificent show in the old uh, Whitefellow townhouse. Mm -hmm. And uh, then he also, uh, he gave me a note, a call to Julian Levy. And um, I think, I think, uh, uh, what's the lady at, uh, at the time at the, at the downtown gallery? Oh, Helen, uh, someone? 